The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Hello and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy, and my guest is my son, Greg Lucy. Not here as my son, but he's here as the former, recently retired, would you say that? Uh, uh, former city clerk. Former city clerk. And um, interesting enough, just as an observation from us, from uh, the sidelines, um, uh, Greg's predecessor was a, was a, a, an attorney in active practice, and um, her, his predecessor before him was someone who uh, was uh, pretty much involved with government at, as a city clerk. And in your situation, you were uh, uh, formerly had worked in the treasurer's office, had been elected a member of the school committee. Uh, I've been a city councilor, so you had quite a broader background than, the, than some of the people that have had the job before you. Uh, did you still end up with surprises when you when you took the position? I think you always do, but I, I tell you, when I first got the position, the, I first said I could never be Karen Anderson. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Karen was a city clerk. If this is a gold standard of city clerks, Karen certainly would have been the gold city for any city clerk and, and anywhere in the Commonwealth, just her knowledge and you know the hist you know historical sense that she had. Um, she was f phenomenal. Um, yeah. So there, there was. Uh, I always. You know. The other thing is when you know when you get there, there's no uh, manual, or no book on being a city clerk. So when I when I did get hired, people assumed, well, you were a city council, you know how it works, and that sort of thing. But that's that's a small portion of it. It, it takes up a lot of your time, but there's more to the job than just the city clerk. So you know there was mistakes along the way because. There was, you know, like I say, there's no manual, you know, how to how to do things. So uh, you just work through things, and you know, things tend to be. Once it comes up, then you know, okay, next time this this surfaces, you know how to handle it. And I think that's how it was dealt. You know, I had a phenomenal office when I left. Uh, we made some changes in the office. Um, you know, we we we, you know, when I got there, we had no uh, uh, second language speakers. When I left, there was we had six languages covered in the office, which is a huge. Uh, Advantage for the office with the with the clientele we handle handle the population in Malden, so there was changes that we did along the way that, you know, I, I can honestly say I enjoyed the job. Uh, I really liked the job, and um, the only reason why I did retire is my wife retired, and we always said we retire together. Otherwise, I'd still be working today. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And and the um, the, the six the six languages. Um, I assume that there's Mandarin and Cantonese for Chinese. It actually, that's in the end, we did have uh, Cantonese Mandarin, but we also had, uh, you know, we had Haitian, we had uh, Spanish, we had, um, uh, there were just different dialects that we had that, uh, you know, Creole. I mean, it was, it, just, it was just a huge helpful because we get a lot of people that come up to the counter, they, you know, they, they're expecting to be able to get help, and when you don't have people that can speak their language, it's a problem. You know, having this advantage with 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 multilingual people in the office uh, was just a huge uh, advantage that we we had, and uh, made everyone's life easier. Had people coming to City Hall, they're satisfied when they leave, and you know, the big part of that that job is it's customer service, it's being proactive with with uh, people that come up, and we were able to do that. Yeah. Did you have have instances where people came in anticipating they would be speaking to you in their second language, which is English? And then they were surprised to find that that they were obviously much more comfortable speaking the language that they all the culture. time, yeah, all the time. And, and and matter of fact, you'd get people that wouldn't speak English at all, expecting that they could come up 
and you know get get uh, get to do what they did. And if you didn't have someone in the office, it was a problem. But it, you know the expectations on people's part, you know they don't know. They come up to a big building. There's a lot of employees in City Hall, so they're figuring they, they even though they don't speak English as a language, that they they'll be able to get uh, get to do what they they came up for. And sometimes it's it's frustrating because they can't or they wait or you struggle to do it or you know people have that uh, app on their phones now where it translate the translate the uh, the languages so you know that's an option but you know have a live person uh, human actually being able to speak to someone in the in their in their own language is very comforting to them. Yeah. I know one of the th I don't know how much of it was done before you um, uh, went went into that position, but there was an effort, I know in this most recent election, prior to the uh, cutoff date for the vote that you, uh, the, your agency went around to the senior citizens uh, making an effort to register people who are currently residents of Marlin, but who were not registered, who may not even registered elsewhere either. They just happened to be living in Marlin currently and an effort was made. Did, did you find that worked out? It worked out fantastic. And so now what will, will take place going forward there'll be more of that so it won't just be election time that will be in these buildings but they'll continue to whether it's the senior you know it's senior center building or you know just periodically going to different buildings because there's a trust factor too so especially when you get down on the voting aspect because a lot of people if they're coming safe from china uh... the older citizens they don't they don't know really what democracies are they don't that's not where they're coming from. They, you know, they're f a lot of times they're fleeing what China represents, so they come to here. So sometimes it takes more than one visit to get a comfort level. And we we have um, Anna Say in the uh, Anna Say in the office, which you, you've met several times. You know, when you've come up to see me, she's always uh, smiling. Always smiling. She has an unbelievable personality, and to you know to be able to go out to the, these buildings with her, you I felt good. You, you feel good about it because you see the reaction that she gets. In the first time in a building, you may only get, you know, six or eight or ten people. But by the time we are through, you, you get 25 coming at 557 Pleasant Street. You have more activity because they get used to you and there's a, a comfort factor, yeah. which is very important. Yeah. As a younger person, did she find it sometimes uh, a little bit difficult to... Uh, to uh move people forward to get registered because what she's dealing with in senior citizen buildings is older people who um, uh, look at it uh, culturally at a different perspective when they have a younger person giving them directions, maybe. And she's older than you think. I mean, she looks younger, but she's older than you think. But you did get some of that where, you know, someone may look at her, and I, I, I think I made a mention on the last time your show there was a particular gentleman. He was, uh, I think I mentioned that. He was about, I'd say he was in his 80s. Or AD, and um, you know he looked at honor, and he, he he wanted to talk to me because probably the male figure, you know, just the the culture where they came from. So, you know, she actually translated what I was saying to him, and we ended up registering him. But he did look at Anna, just you know, probably thinking she was young and probably a female. You know, the cultures, all cultures are different. Yeah, the um, one of the b bigger jobs, other than uh, separate from, of course, uh, preparing for elections, which depending on the level of, of um, the local elections sometimes are more intense than the national ones, but um, is the census that goes out. And, 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 I, and I know from um, experiences and also looking at the, uh, when, they, when they printed up poll books, that um, some people have an indifference to the, to the filling out the information and sending it back. I know one time years ago, and maybe, again, I'm, I'm dating myself as I often do. Uh, the, the city would have poll workers go door to door for those people that didn't, didn't respond to the uh, the request for information on the on, on the return of the uh, census. Uh, they certainly don't do that now. Yeah, then that yeah, that should the, the street census shouldn't be confused with uh, voting or or poll work or something. You know, it's not really what you're trying to do is to find out who's living in your community. And part of that is you know if if they're a registered voter, they get in the book. But it's more or less it's a census to, 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 to know who's in your community more than, um, you know, whether, whether you're a voter. We're not registering you to vote for the thing. We just find who, who, who where are we, who, who, how many people are in the city or, you know, who's listed in the city and where do they live. Yeah. If someone in um, Malden uh, moved, uh, they were a registered voter, let's say, at an address, and then they moved, but they moved to uh, another residence within the city. 
do they have to notify the city, or is, is that some fashion that's... Uh, I mean, they should, but that's not to say they do. So, uh, you know, I mean, so depending on what happens, on, on, on a state election, you have uh, six months, whether you live in, move out of the city, say if you move out of the city, you have six months to, re to re-register. So you could actually, if you move to, say, Medford, you know, uh, w within a six-month period of election was coming up, you could actually still vote in Malden. City elections, the day you wake up for election day, wherever you live, that's where you should be voting from. It's different from state and federal elections. Yeah. But listen, it's not it's not going to be a perfect uh, perfect world. But there are there are uh, guardrails and, and and things that are done to do as best you can with that as far yeah. as the voting aspect yeah. goes. Well, the one the example you gave of moving to Medford does Medford notify Malden that someone that previously lived in Malden as a registered voter moved to Medford? If they register in Medford, they notify Malden and vice versa. So if someone comes into Malden City Hall and registers to vote. One of the questions on the application is where were you previously registered? So once you put them in the system, that will kick it back to the, the city where they're coming from so that they can take them off the rolls. Uh, but if they if they were not registered at their prior address, there's no need to, to notify the you, other community? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to notify them because they've never registered okay, voters. Okay, yeah. uh, in fact, I think now in more recent years, they, they, uh, they go to the high school, don't they, and, and they get the uh, younger potential? Try everything. Yeah. Yeah, as far as voting goes, there's a lot of voting outreach. Um, I, I know last time I was on your show, I think I mentioned that I was amazed that there was 37,000 registered voters in Malden. So was I. I have to retract that. There was 37,000 registered voters when I came on this show. But every four years, what, they, what we do is we clear all those inactive voters that are in the system after four years we never want to take someone off the voting rolls. You just don't want to do it. So we give them four years. That's, you know, that way if someone doesn't get on the street list and if someone doesn't file a nomination, sign a nomination paper, you don't know where they are. After a year, they become an inactive voter. So if they go to the polls to vote, they're in there. They're still a registered voter, but if they're inactive. There's a star next to the name. They have to prove their address that they're still in Malden. But that's just only because they don't answer any of the questions that we, you know, we send out and that sort of thing. But after four years, you clean up. So all those, if they've been inactive for four years, and we also send letters out right before we do this to these addresses, to these people, if there's no response, we actually take them off the voting list in Malden. And it was 2,500 we took off. Amazing. Amazing. After four years. So now you, you say, okay, so there was, there's not 37,000 registered voters this high 34,000, you know, 34,600 or whatever. Now, would you also maybe, f f now, uh, uh, presumably what would happen, I would think, on that type of a, a procedure, is you, uh, you send the letters out, but since they, they're, uh, they haven't responded for four years and they, um, they didn't respond to the letter, uh, in all likelihood, they're probably either not living in Malden. That's most of the case. Or they're not living at all. So a lot of that mail must no, come back. No, they wouldn't be living, because we, we clear the deaths every month. Oh, you do? So it's not, they wouldn't have died. So, it, you know, that, that's when people say, you know, people can vote when they die. That's, that's not a thing. Uh, every month, every 30, we know who the deaths are in Malden. We actually, every month we actually take those, well, we did, yeah. take, take those people off the voting rolls. Yeah. But it's a lot of nursing homes. I mean, it could be a, kids Kids go to college, they move away, they never come back. I mean, it could be all sorts of reasons. But during that time, they can't vote because they're inactive. So if they showed up at the poll, and then once they showed up, the thing would re-register them anyways. Then they, they're off the inactive list anyways. And they'd vote the, for that election. Yeah. Even, yeah. yeah. Now, um, does a lot of that mail come back? Cause there, oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. That, that's yeah. another factor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, <laughs> the... Uh, the, the thing about voting is confusing because some people don't treat it as serious and, and other people treat it like it's an obligation. So you, you get the two, two extremes that some people make it a point that pride themselves literally on voting in every mm. election and others, because mm -hmm. you see the results that at the national level, you might get 70% of the local people voting in state elections, you get 50%. And and at the local level, unless it's a con you know aggressive uh, contested mayor's election in a given time, you might get thirty percent. Yeah, but even those mayor mayor elections, they're not what they used to be. No, in the last few no. they weren't like we were 
20 years ago, and that just, you know, it's a transient population, it's apartment buildings, it's, you know, all sorts of reasons why. And maybe just, you know, some people just, uh, they're not voting like they used to. That's just a, a fact. And probably um, what would have sometimes I would think affect, uh, from my own experience uh, um, uh, over the years, that uh, if there's an active local election, it involves two things, a candidate that's running for election or re-election, let's say, and and the group within the community who has a viable candidate is looking to make a change, and that that kind of makes a, um, a situation where people take take extra time to m maybe vote, and and then you get in the forties maybe. Yeah, and there's no there's no excuse not to vote anymore with the mail-in ballots. I mean, the mail-in ballots are going to be a thing of the future. They are. They, yeah. That's how elections are. That's that's an opportunity to people how how to vote in an election, and they're not going away. The only thing that will happen is in, in the city election. It won't be like the state election where they, you know, where they mail you an application to fill out city election because it just the money, the expense of it would be just too great for the city for the return. You treat it like an absentee ballot. You'll be able to go on the, you know, get an application. You'll have to get the application on your own, but send it back to the city clerk's office and you'll get a mail-in ballot. So even in the city election, you know, you don't need to be sick. It doesn't have to be a Jewish holiday. You can vote. You'll be able to vote by mail-in ballots again, so... Yeah, I almost think though that even with the state, that's a huge expense when they're sending out. It is. The, and, and and how productive it is. Do you have any idea uh, what percentage of people re like it? would be reflected locally with the for the ball state ballots that get mailed up, particularly for let's say primaries. What kind of return do you get? Yeah, I don't have those figures in front of me, but a third of the a third of the, all the votes I know in November were by mail-in ballots. So I think about twelve thousand people. I'm doing this top of my head, and I don't have the figures yeah. in front of me, but a third of it was mail-in ballots. So maybe maybe um, we have a 50% turnout, so we must have had 16,000, 17,000 people vote. So we, we, we got uh, 50, 50, a little over 5,000 mail-in ballots. That's not to say if, if, the, if a lot of those folks, if they weren't doing the mail-in ballot, they may have showed up at the polls anyways. Yeah. So it's not to say, yeah, we, we got you know, 5,000 plus because of the mail-in ballots. Who knows what the figure would have been. Yeah, yeah I just, uh, uh, again, uh, um, uh, maybe from uh, coming from a different generation, the idea of being, uh, being uh, motivated by outside forces to that degree would suggest that, gee, you don't have much interest in uh, what's going on. At mm. And this was, uh, you're talking about a national election where you obviously, the re whatever effort's being made is going to generate a far large return if you do nothing, they're still going to get a good, a good response from the mm -hmm. public. Although I can see um, sometimes, um, if you look at the slate of uh, office uh, or the options that were available this past election, Massachusetts has become a, a democratic state with uh, right from the top to bottom, and and it's almost like uh, the Republicans don't have uh, much of a choice unless I suppose there was some kind of a scandal that occurred with, uh, of somebody running as a Democrat. The Republicans didn't even fill some of the slots for statewide offices, did they this year? Yeah, th there was a couple that weren't, weren't filled. Yeah. yeah, there was. It was a weak. It was a weak field, and th there was really no uh, no drama. Who was going to win the yeah. election? I mean, once you got to November, the people that won, I mean, you pretty much knew they would have won. I mean, if if Baker was in the mix, you know, you might have not had even had Mara Healy run. Who knows? But you know, other than that, I mean, you know, the the the, the, the candidate that. You know, Republicans put up for governor, which you know, if you work your way down, of you know how how people want to you know they they want to vote for the top, then work their way down. I mean, to me, Deal wasn't a you know, I mean, he wasn't going to energize anybody, unless you 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 know really felt. I mean, he was he was so far to the right, and you know, he was a, he was a you know Donald Trump guy, and that doesn't work in the state. It works in the primaries, but it doesn't work in the state in the final election. Yeah, and. Uh, I mentioned on a prior show to do the recap of that election. I, I, I thought in the primary, the alternate candidate that did him would have been more viable. He wouldn't have won, but he certainly would have been in a position to make a better case for uh, you giving a, uh, a Republican a vote than, than Dial, who uh, it was one extreme or the other. And I agree with that. I think yeah. if the other, I forget his name, but I mean, if he was the if he was the nominee in the Republican Party, he wasn't going to beat Healy. Yeah. But I don't think he would have lost as big as Deal did. Yeah, yeah. 
The other part about the job for the, you know, and I've said it perhaps too often, that, that, that in terms of the, the, the position, the, the, the title city clerk doesn't do justice to the position. Um, as a matter of fact, the, 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 uh, the department itself, as part of city government, is a, is a revenue generator as well because you're involved with uh, requirements of different kinds of businesses to do fees and other things that occur that... that that result in, the, in your department generating fees. I don't know if if you're self-supporting, but you must come close to it. Um, I would think we would pretty much self-supporting. Yeah, I would have to go. I don't. I don't. I can't say for sure. I mean, I don't have the yeah, figures. You don't have a voters plan, right? Uh, no, there's no voters <laughs> plan with the city. No, um, <laughs> but we we do a lot of permits. We do we do. You know, people think of the city clerk's office. They think of you know birth birth certificates, marriage marriage license, death death certificates, that sort of thing. But we. We have, I actually, because you've asked before, I've actually written down the different licenses that we do in case you, uh, I don't know. I, I saw through. those notes. I didn't no. know whether you were here. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll give you an example. So, so, you know, the biggest, most of the licenses we do, and this would be fiscal year 2022, you know, we had 493 deaths, so we would process 493 deaths. So if you think of death certificates, you know, someone may request those at all the time, but you normally what would happen is it wouldn't, um, they're using a funeral home. A funeral home might ask for six or seven, eight or ten death certificates, and we charge the funeral home, it's $10 per death certificate. But there was 493 deaths processed. There was 315 marriage licenses. That's issued. all? 315, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's six a week. Uh, aging population. Well, either that or people aren't getting married. Oh, that's it. Excuse me. Those, those, that number includes not only people getting married by the city clerk or or a staff person in that department. Includes all weddings in the city. Yeah, it's people that actually filed in Malden. I so see. you you might get someone from Malden marrying someone from Revere, and they file in over in Revere. You yeah. don't know where they they don't have to file where the city they live. So oh, is that, it one or the other? One. Well, no. You could actually someone from Malden could even though they had no affiliation of Medford, you can walk into Medford City Hall and file the intention over there. You don't have to reside in the city where to file. Oh, but so, but if you, if, if a person from Malden married a person from Revere, you wouldn't have to file in both places, just one? No, you file in one, but what happens if you, it's wherever you, so when you come back in 20 years looking for a marriage certificate, it's wherever you file the intention. So a lot of times we get, we get people, especially now with the registry requiring uh, birth certificates, marriage, marriage licenses for for uh, the, the uh, real IDs. You know, we're getting phone calls and people swear that they filed in Malden. You know, many many years ago, they may have got married in a married married at Sacred Hearts, Sacred Hearts of St. Joe's in a in a Malden church, but that doesn't mean we have the licenses. Wherever you filed your intention, and then after they may doubt us for a while, we have three different places where they would be. If they did file it here, and if they show up at all three, you just have to politely say, you got to rethink it. Think about where you were or where you might have filed it because that's who has your marriage license. So that that gets a little dicey sometimes with the marriage licenses. You know, because people don't remember. They don't remember. We get people who don't remember the date they were married, never mind where they filed the intention. <laughs> well, I was going to say about the looking at the three different places, then the person was just, oh, gee, I never actually went through a ceremony. I mean, some of the conversations are funny. <laughs> uh, you know, the comp- we had um, 769 new births in Malden. Now, you take that figure, so where the birth certificate goes is where you lived at the time, your parents, and where you were born. So at one time, Malden Hospital, when they were an active hospital, that figure could have been, you know, we could have processed, you know, 3,500 birth certificates or 4,000 birth certificates, because a lot of people outside of Marlin were getting married in Marlin Hospital. So in that case, if you were from another city, you get you were born in Marlin Hospital, Marlin gets the birth certificate, so does in the city where your parents live. So there's actually two birth certificates issued. Well, so um, we have less births being Because recorded. no Marlin Hospital. Okay. You, you know, so, so 769 would be actually... Usually Malden, Malden. I mean, they could get they could get born in another hospital too, but there was 70, 769 births in Malden. In in Malden itself. Malden residents, yeah, yeah. But they, were the were they born in Malden or the people were no, from the Malden? People live in Malden. Okay, all right. Because I, I was trying to visualize yeah. how no. you have a lot of people born at home, maybe. Well, you, you actually, we saw a few of those more than we used to. 
because that's that's a birth certificate that's complicated. That's that's something that has to. Uh, there's a lot of paperwork that needs to get go into the state, you know, to get that birth certificate issued. And that's not as easy as someone getting born in a hospital. That's a little bit more paperwork and complicated. And we actually saw. I think we had two or three this past year on that. You did. Okay. In the year before, we probably didn't see any. Yeah. So I mean, that was that was just something we noticed. Uh, 228 bis business certificates. If you're a business in, in, in Malden, say you're running a business even out of your home, you're supposed to register uh, your business in Malden if you're not a corporation. If you're a corporation, you register, register with the Secretary of State. So we do 228 business certificates this past year. And, and, but not corporate businesses. but Corporate can do a business certificate in Malden. Some do, but you're yeah. not required. But they have to do one at the state regardless of whether they do If you're a corporation, you'd be with the state. You do, okay. And do you have many occasions where you, you be, a determination is made for some reason, maybe from a neighbor complaining or whatever, that someone is conducting a business out of their home? You get some. Most, most of these businesses are harmless. So, so, so say you're running a business out of, out of a home and it's not your house, home. Say if you're in a two-family house and you're a renter, you actually have to bring in a, uh, a letter from the landlord saying they're, they're, they're giving you the okay to run the business out of there, and they have to go up to the inspectional service department, get, the, get an occupancy, occupancy permit before they can even come down and give us, you know, fill out the paperwork for the business yeah. certificate. If, if, they, if they rented a, a storefront, um, it's not the responsibility of the landlord to get, they're no. not involved. So uh, it's possible you could rent a storefront and not be registered with the city? Well, it shouldn't happen because, it, well, it, it can happen. It can happen. It shouldn't happen only because you can't. If you go to a bank and open up a bank account for a business, they want a business certificate. So what what, what, what happened with us during COVID, when they started giving out all those uh, PPP loans or whatever they were called, those fake those fake businesses. Well, let me just. So what what happened was we had people calling, and saying they, they needed a business certificate because they were for those loans. So we we a lot of the some of the people may have had a business certificate 25 years ago, but they never renewed it. Now all of a sudden they wanted to renew it because they couldn't get the, get the government loans. So we, we, we got an uptick on, on people applying for those during, during COVID. Did you ask them to pay retroactively all the years? They no, you can't do You know, it's, it's just, it's, so, so those business certificates, they're good for four years. So if you're doing 228 one year, I mean, you could have 1,000 business, business certificates in the office. Yeah, and they come and go, too. They come and go, yeah. yeah and there are a lot of people that you know, and it's uh, it's just something. It's 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 a, it's a lot. It's a you know it's it's active and um, you know it's another thing the city clerk's office does. Another function they do. Uh, we did sixteen hundred and eighty-one dog licenses. Another big thing is uh, well, that's a fee generator. It's uh, yeah. So it's fifteen dollars if the dog is neutered or sprayed, or if they're not, it's $20. Yeah. I don't know why there's a $5 difference. But. Uh, ironically, I had the, the, <laughs> the animal control office as a guest last week. And uh, as we both talked about briefly in the beginning of the show, that title one time was dog officer, uh, mm. a dog catcher or whatever. And all of a sudden, at some point, it, 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 it was enhanced to a title with a van and a uniform and... Uh, uh, do the same job uh, other than coyotes that are floating around now that you didn't have years ago, I guess. But, that, but that, uh, that's one of those titles, like a dog catcher. Yeah. That's not really a good title. It's a uh, neither city clerk, uh, anyway. city clerk, yeah. or or, or uh, you know, uh, truant officer is not used anymore. It's the attendant supervisor. Yeah, yeah. So some, over time, titles yeah. change. Uh, you mentioned the number of dogs had licenses this past year. Now that's an annual thing, the the dog license. Yeah. They, would you gather that there's a substantial number of dogs that are not licensed? If you're if you're asking my opinion, yes. I think we have over 1,600 uh, licenses we gave out. It is probably about 7,000 dogs, 6,000 yeah. dogs. Because there's there's studies that have done they can tell by the population how many the population how many per dog, and that number is low. Yeah, that that's a low number. So a lot of people, uh, more people are not registering their dogs than 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 are and. You know, it's just a thing. It's a way of, um, in order to register the dog, you get the rabies uh, certificates from the the, um, uh, the the veterinarians, and it's just it's a cleaner way of doing. It. I mean, people should register their dogs. Uh, do, uh, they used to have years ago. Uh, 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 
uh, a vet was part of the city organization, and they would they on an annual basis they would do ra- rabies tests and other types of things to do with dogs. Do they do that anymore? Not that I'm aware of. No, I don't think they do do that. Would the would be deterrent for registering a dog only is the fifteen dollars, but there's a, there's a cost for rabies fees and there's other things. No, if the dog is not fixed, it's twenty dollars. If the dog is fixed, it's fifteen. But but there's a cost with the veterinarian with the rabies shots. But every dog should have rabies shots done. Right, right. Um, you know, and I, I think you'll find that most people, and I, we are one of them. You know, you have animals, you have dogs, man. You you love the dog, you know, because they they love you back. Um, so Maybe I think, sometimes. Uh, the dogs. <laughs> I mean, they're ama- they're amazing animals, and I think most people that have dogs yeah. feel that way about their dogs. Why some people won't register them with the city or get a little tag on them saying that they are registered with the city. I'm not sure the reason why, but um, you know, but the, but more dogs are not registered than registered. Would you agree with it, what Harry Truman said? What's that? Well, he had some controversies generated about the the the, the, le- le- the level of re- uh, relationships among people in Washington, how di- how difficult it was. And he says, "Well, if you want someone to like, it, get a dog." Get a dog. <laughs> I agree with that. I've told you to get an animal many many times. Um, uh, so that's 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 some of the licenses, but then we have all these other licenses. I don't mean I could go through some of them if you want. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, the thing is, I don't. I even think sometimes with dog licenses, people don't know that, that that there's more than just taking the dog from a from adoptions agency or picking a stray off the street and then turn around and taking it home. That there are obligations as a as a resident to uh, to to do the kinds of things that you expect it to do. I don't know. Uh, when there's issues with the dog, whether the uh, I never thought to ask last week whether they bother to check and see if the dog is licensed to the city. Well, uh, yeah. So I mean, that that's, that should be a first thing if if, if the uh, animal officer goes to see a dog, is the dog a license? Yeah. Kevin actually calls our office beforehand, wants to know oh, before he, he goes to an address. Oh yeah, he, he he'll call us and say is you know is there a dog at such and such location? Oh, interesting. Okay, well then that is that maybe answers the question I didn't ask. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's 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 definitely a thing, but uh, you know some of the, some of the other you know, uh, I always tell this what and I have to say uh, Councilor uh, McDonald's on this because the city council issues uh, licenses and I mean he he's always questioning well why why do we have to why do they get licensed, and you know some of the things like we have a fortune teller license, in Malden there's only one person that does it she's on Broadway, but this one Councilor McDonald says well, why why does she have to get a you know, license. I, I don't know. It's in there. Yeah. Um, who knows? It's it's like pool tables. Uh, you know, one time there was uh, many pool halls in Malden, so sometimes ordinances get put in because of the situation that's 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 current. So there's not many pool uh, places anymore, but at one time there was. So you know, the city has a fee that we collect. City council has to okay them, but for and pool what's tables. the fee for a pool license? Pool, it's, uh, let me look it up. Pool tables is, uh, I believe it's $25. Per table? Uh, per table. Uh, let me, let me, let me get it. Let's see. Small surprises. Let's get it. Uh, it's, I think it's $25 a table and then $10 additional after a certain amount. But it's something. So, so you'll see on the city council, they, they okay that license. Um, there's a, uh, you know, livery license, people that have a livery license. We have 15 of them in the city. Cabs? Uh, no, livery license. Oh. So cabs are different. So livery license, they have to, um, you know, apply to the city council. They have to, okay, along with cab drivers. I mean, even cabs and cab drivers, which is, you know, again, a city clerk function, a council approval. At one time, I know, uh, say, Malden Taxi, they had over 40 cabs. Now they only have nine. I mean, Uber... Uber kind of killed that that business, you know, not just uh, more than taxi, but any taxi cab. And at one time they had, you know, they would have had 40-some-odd drivers, and they're down to nine. So, you know, th- those those guys need to get quarried because, uh, you know, they need a background check for any for any uh, livery driver or taxi cab driver or the Class 2 dealers so that you people know what kind of, you know, what the history of these people are. And if, if the quarry doesn't come back clean i mean they can get denied which does happen um we do secondhand dealers pawnbrokers lodging houses there's six lodging houses registered in, in malden and that's uh, by define that's what three or unrelated no, people five five or more five uh, or more yeah five or more uh, rooms 
And, um, you know, there's only, there's like six. There's some of the, 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 those large houses. I know there's a couple up on Cedar Street. Um, you know, they, they, that's a thing. We do self-service gas stations. There's four of them. Uh, amusement machines. There's 10 amusement machine licenses. That could be, uh, you know, you kind of a Keno machine or something like that that they have to get licensed for. Extended hours. There's 14 locations that get extended hours. Could be Dunkin' Donuts, Walgreens. Uh, you know, they, they go past the, with the business hours. The uh, ordinance are any bobs in Malden uh, for tw 2 o'clock closing? Are there any left? There's a, I know Town Line still has a 2 o'clock license. It does. They don't, they, as far as I know, and that wouldn't go through the city clerk. That goes to the liquor board. Yeah. But that's something that they, the 2 o'clock licenses, you know, at one time, that's what everyone wanted, everyone got, pretty much. But now that's a thing of the past. I mean, I think you can still get one if, I think, and I'm not entirely sure of this, maybe if you locate it downtown Malden. But the 2 o'clock licenses, they just don't give them anymore. In fact, at one time, there was one of the local communities was was 1 o'clock, and I know people used to leave just before they close at 1 o'clock and run to Malden for last call. Yeah, and exactly why they don't issue them anymore. Yeah. Because surrounding cities and towns, they all have 1 o'clock licenses. You don't yeah. want the, yeah. the spillover. But... You know, for the most part, I think the, uh, you know, what bar rooms used to be to what bar rooms now are now, I think that's all changed. Yeah, you're always going to get a few s foolish people that still do that, but I think a lot of people are a little bit more, most people are more sensible about it now. Um, well, the one time someone I worked with used to refer to that as at the bottom of every class there was a pair of boxing gloves. Yeah, yeah, that must yeah. have been referred to the 2 o'clock closings. Well, I mean, most of the time <laughs> you have problems in the bar rooms. You know, it was that time of night. Yeah, is when uh, you know you probably should be closing, and if you haven't given last call yet, you're at, I guess you're asking for trouble. Um, so, so the Christmas trees. We had two Christmas trees dealers. This year we had none. I don't know whether that was the cost of the uh, Christmas trees. Uh, Jay's Ice Cream on uh, Eastern Ave always had one, and there was a location at Broadway just pulled uh, license for the first time last year. That's actually seven hundred and fifty dollars. Actually, it's a thousand dollars for a license for, a license for Christmas? Christmas trees. And then if you you if the if you, it is uh, sometime in January, there's a date. If your lot is all cleaned and all that, they give you two hundred fifty dollar refund. Well, that's excessive. I would think a thousand. Yeah. So again, you know, so again, it's like you know, how do these fees get in there? And maybe at one time Christmas trees there was many locations that had them. I, I don't know. I, well, the fact is, in the, the um, I can recall the, for, for years. I think the uh, one of the projects of this, like a senior class at the high school, would be sell Christmas trees. Yeah, well, they'd get they'd get exempt though. Uh, they, that's they, what was yeah, they would get exempt. Yeah, there'd be the competition, but they would get exempt. They get exempt because it, I mean it's a nonprofit. It's kids, yeah, you know, for right, whatever reason. Right, right. But you know that was the thing. So this year, neither one of them pulled one. Wow. Um, you know, there's there's a fee for uh, florists, flower sale permits are a thousand dollars. At one time, there was actually a lot of florists in Malden, right? So then you'd have, you know, I'm assuming this would happen. You'd have Mother's Day or Easter, the the, the places when you require flowers. You have people on the corners and all that stuff, taking away the livelihood of the businesses that that are here for all year long. You know, it seems kind of steep to me, a thousand bucks, but. You know, back then that was that was the price they put on it, and they never changed. But you don't see th is that as much anymore. You may have the Boy Scouts. I know they uh, in the corner of Main Street and um, Ferry Street, the, the church there. They Easter. They used to do the Easter lilies, but you wouldn't charge the Boy Scouts that figure. No, the thousand dollars is that just to open a florist business? No sales permit. If you, those are the people, if you, the people on corners and you know things like that, if they if they were to do that. They have to get a permit to do that. But how would that be enforced? I would find it hard to. Well, you'd you'd have to uh, you know you'd have to enforce it. But I don't think you see it anymore. Okay. You know, I'm, because we've never, I can honestly say, in the, the time that I've been at the city clerk's office, no one's ever paid a thousand dollars for a permit to yeah. sell flowers. Yeah. So that wouldn't be Martin Flores. That's a separate. No, thing. no, no. It wouldn't be Martin. Okay. But those are the people you try to protect oh. because Martin Flores Flores is a good example. Other than Martin Flores, I. And I was stopping shop sells flowers, but I couldn't come up with another florist in the city. I was going to say Walsh, but they're out of business. They're out of business. They're yeah. not there. Yeah. I mean, one time you had spat up flowers on Pearl Street. I mean, you, the you one had McCormick's on... The one next to Saint Sacred Heart Church, Sacred Heart Church, McCormick's on Fellsway. That's another that's one. That's not that's gone. So you had... At one time, you had quite a few florists in the city, yeah. and something like this would protect those people because, you you know... And that's maybe why it was $1,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so th there's a reason... 
there's, there's a reason behind it. Um, let's not get on here. The class two, you know, we've talked about the class, uh, the car dealers, the used car dealers. Um, you know, there's this 41 class two dealers. They sell used cars. Um, there's 27 that are actually places that are, you know, stationed. And then there's, there's uh, 14 it, with something they call the grandfather's license, where they're guys that just like to go to the auction. To say they don't have any, you know, they don't they don't have a used car dealer plate or a, a ship, but they by having a class two dealer, a, a grandfather license. At one time, they would have had a class two dealer. They kind of you know, most of the people are older, so they they use the class two dealers to go to auctions. They may sell a car or two a year, so they have these grandfather licenses which they don't issue anymore. So as those get not not renewed, they don't renew them. If you, if you let one go and don't renew it in January 1st, then you lose it and you don't get it back. So they're trying to, trying to you know, wean uh, the city off on those licenses and just stick to the Class 2s. Which is kind of interesting. Um, you, you mentioned the number of used car licenses for an area the size of Malden. That seems like a lot, particularly where a lot of these other licenses you mentioned over the years, they've, uh, the numbers have been... a eroded or minimized or because j people just don't do it anymore. But used cars uh, still have a place for uh, uh, and people looking for a, a bargain, I guess. Yeah, and I would agree with you on that. I think for the amount of from Alden to have, say, say, you know, forget the grandfather licenses, to have 27. The, the city actually caps it at 27 now, so they can't go over that cap. I, you know, you're talking to some councils, and they actually rather have it lower. So they don't have to go to 27. Mm -hmm. I think they could be about 24, 25 right now. And, you know, to, there's the, the 24, 25 we have, there are a lot of work. Uh, there's, a, you know, there's, um, you know, there's two compliance people for the city that constantly, constantly go by these, sh these places to make sure they're, you know, adhering to the rules because if they're, you know, you may have, you may get a dealer's license. So the, to get a dealer's license, you need at least 15 spaces for used cars. So, and most of them would have more than that. But that's all they can have on their lot. So you, you get some that say if they have a 25-car uh, license, you know, these compliance goes by, and compliance guys go by, there's 40 cars on the lot. And, of course, it's all the old thing. You know, oh, they're, they're going to be sold. They, they, they're sold. They have to be cleaned up. But, the, you know, that excuse is used so often that you just don't buy it. So there's, there's a lot of work that goes into those, those outfits. And I think, uh, you know, like I say, a few city councils would like to see even less, less of them. So... Yeah, there's, there's actually, there's one uh, coming out of Newland Street where the Stewart's Village is. And, mm -hmm. uh, is a, but it almost looks as you come up on it that it, it was a house with a backyard, and they ended up getting a license at one point, and it, it looks like it's someone's backyard, which I think it is because it's part of a lot that includes a house. Yeah, but they are policed. Uh, yeah. so, so, you know, we do have issues. You know, we'll get the letter saying someone wasn't treated that great or they got a car that was a lemon. There's a... There's an attorney general's uh, office over in Medford that we refer them to them, and they're yeah. the ones that uh, to handle it from there. But on our end, you know, we certainly make note of it. So when that, you know, the compliance guys, the two compliance guys, they get notified, you know, so they'll keep an eye on the thing. And then, you know, the person has a file. When they come up for renewal, the city council can call them back any time before them, which they will do if there's something that happened that doesn't look right that yeah. happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, one thing maybe just to, um, you mentioned about the death certificates, and and uh, sometimes like an undertaker would request six or eight uh, copies, and you'd almost say, "Gee, why so many?" Then it dawns on you: people when they die, they have uh, applications for for social security benefits, yeah, life insurance. If you have to make an application, and they have to be original copy, I think it does. So so that that you know you have to notify a lot of people when when. You when when you lose somebody, so that's the reason for all the, the death certificates. Yeah. You know, the normal figure is about six. But yeah. You know, sometimes, and then you get people that order because they're only ten dollars. They'll order another four just in case. Yeah. You know, never knowing, uh, and so, uh, you know, so that's all. That that'd be part of it. Uh, I'm sure. We have two two kind of other deal licenses, class one, which there's only two, which they can only sell new cars. Franchises. They're new cars. And, and how many how many dealers we have in Malden now? Of class one? Yeah. Two. We used to have maybe ten. Well, this one you had Smiley Buick, right? You had, you had, uh, you know, go down f the Cadillac Chevrolet, place. What, yeah, the Chevrolet place, sure. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's in a Ford place, yeah. 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 There's two of those. And then there's two class three licenses, 
which are junk dealers. You know, in the class three licenses, you know, the two, the two that have the license now, that's another license. The city, you know, I don't even know where you could put one of those places if you were to try to open one up, probably just on the other end of Broadway. I mean, I don't know where that would even go. So that, that's, that will be a thing of the past probably at some point too. Get more licenses than? Uh, well, we went through the, the porch hotels, extra streets, extended hours, amusement machines. You know, but those some of the some of the licenses that that we do do. I just thought, you know, you always ask me. You know, we have the raffle and bazaars, the fifty dollars. Oh you, yes, you, yeah. You do the raffles for the lions. Uh, you know, there's some that uh, you know those guys selling the um, the panels and you know the, uh, the solar the panels on your roofs. You're supposed to pull a panel. You're supposed to pull a permit for those those people. We never see those guys. So anyone in your neighborhood. Uh, they're selling you, you, you know, the solar panels. Probably chances are they're not registered with the city. And when they register with the city, not only do they get charged the fee, they also get quarry, quarry reports. So that, they, you know, they get quarried. So, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's probably the biggest part of that application. People's gonna, people are going to roam around the city knocking on doors. You want to know who they are. Well, what happens if you, if you, if you no, that's interesting. That's uh uh, somebody in your neighborhood may be aware of that requirement, and then the, some neighbor gets the uh, panels, and they report it to the city. What does the city do? Well, the police would go down. If they so got the report, the police would come down and shut them down. Wow. Uh, you know, because they, they can't, they not, you're not allowed. I mean, you, you, during a, a political campaign, you can have people roam the neighborhoods. But if, if people are not going to ring doorbells, we have to know who they, who, who's doing it because... I mean, you just see all these. Oh, and the, things. on the panel business, you're talking about the company that yeah, like solicits. Like solar panels. Like, yeah. you know, you know I, I get them coming to my house all the time. Oh, you're not talking about the installers. You're talking about the people that yeah, ring the doorbell. Yeah, they're ringing bells. To oh, charge. okay. I thought it was, I, yeah. I thought it was uh, putting the panels on the houses. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I got, yeah, you get them. I mean, they were always around. They're not, they're not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else I got? Oh, the uh, telephone poles, when the national grid. You know, goes and they dig up the, uh, uh, dig up the street to, you know, put the conduits in the street so the telephone poles. That's a $500 charge. You know, we, we, from National Grid, Comcast, those guys. goes before the city council. They have a hearing. They get approved. They have to send us a $500 check to the city clerk's office. Um, small cells were a thing. I'm, when I first got to city clerk small cells is because of 5g and all that stuff that those those became a real problem because you know all of a sudden you get 20 petitions you know to small cells all of a sudden people started hearing bad things about the small cells that they're putting on the um, the telephone poles and they 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 started getting very complicated and uh you know probably since the time i we probably did a couple hundred of those and then we haven't had anyone which i'm shocked from and since September of 22, apply for a small cell uh, permit, which I'm shocked because those were coming in at, you know, 10, 20 at a time with companies. That, nothing to do with coronavirus. That's just that no. It's just I think what they probably got a lot up, but I thought there's still going to be a lot more, and um, just all of a sudden, the the last few hearings that they had, you know, they started getting questioned. Neighbors started complaining. They don't. They didn't want. You know, I remember there was a guy on Willard Street. The, the, the thing was going to go right in front, in front of his daughter's bedroom. You know, that got very messy where it ended up in court. And I, I think basically it was the same people coming every time for the, the small cell permit. And, you know, they finally probably realized that if they're going to do these things, probably mall's not the way to go because the, the, the relationship changed with them. That it became more, they, council, were, council was paying more attention to what they would do what they were doing with them, and they were making it a hard time. They had a lot of questions, and, you know, by law they have to follow certain rules, and, you know, they're really holding their feet to the fire the last few, so they probably figured maybe Malden isn't the place to go for these. Yeah, one other thing, what, what, now you start mentioning uh, licenses, uh, I don't recall the exact date, but a while back they, uh, a company came in and, and, and situated bicycles around the city. Was that since you were in the clerk's office? Uh, the, the green bikes? Yes. Uh, no, they were they were here. Uh, I don't. They would. They wouldn't. That didn't come through us. That that had nothing to do with us. But oh, I, it did. No, but I mean, there's blue bikes now. That's an agreement where they 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 have direct with the city. 
They they have it isn't like they can just because I see them in Everett, so I didn't. They do, and Malden has some blue bikes. They have some. They have some of those stands oh, they by do. the T, and yeah, that wouldn't come through our office. That's something that they negotiate through the mayor's office. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Um, one other thing I uh, I noticed in my notes, um, some some states allow voting by computer. Oh good. no, they don't. What's that? They don't allow no no none that I'm aware of. In the, in, in the world in the USA. No. Well, I'll have to look that up. Research that. No, that that's that's way. That's not a thing. I was gonna, I was going to say if I would have uh, if you asked me what state it was, I was going to say Oregon. Nah, Oregon's pretty good with it. They, I mean, they they make it easy people to vote, but I'm not. I don't think they let people vote for. I'd be shocked. Well, the, uh, I don't need to ask the next question, but I'll have to. I'll have check to check that one out. I mean, I've never heard that. I'll check with uh, Zelda and uh, on, yeah. my, on my. I mean, I could be wrong. I've never yeah. heard that. I okay. think the computer thing is a way away yeah. for people to vote. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you said earlier in the show that you had, um, you know, you made some life plans starting this year because of your, your personal situation with your wife, and um, but I also recognize and acknowledge that it, beyond just being the city clerk, among other things. You're involved with several organizations, uh, actively involved. Um, the scholarship for the high school. Um, you're the chi- are you the chair for that? Uh, not yet, but no, I go down. I, I have the pleasure of going down, uh, every, and I've been doing it probably a good 15 years. The day of the uh, graduation, we award the scholarships. So I see you on TV. Yeah, yeah I get the, I get a little TV time <laughs> there on that too. But I, you know, I, I go down there every year at the graduation, sit on the stand, and then I announce the the 30 names it's usually 30 people or 32 kids um, and you know we've given out I think we're up to two million dollars that we've given the organization has given out but it's been around since 1918 1913 1918 most of the money's probably given out the last 15 years well um, uh, what would the total amount be let's see for those 30 the average amount uh, we last year we gave out 4000 a scholarship that's 120000 so it's 100, 120 120000 right yeah yeah so it's a nice surprise because pe- kids don't know they're getting it so you have the parents in the stands oh that's oh that's the, oh yeah no one knows that they they're getting it until till that day so oh, I that's get separate to, from oh why is it, oh it's interesting yeah so i get to read the the, the 30 32 names off and that's always it, a pleasant yeah. surprise for folks yeah the um, uh, a, a part of the the fund that was created uh, years ago, they sold that social club down on Broadway. Broadway and Manor. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the organization had some money anyways. I mean, the Beard Foundation is very generous every year, like they do for organizations that have a good history. Uh, the Beards have been very generous over the years. And then when they sold the uh, Broadway, Broadway Manor, at the time, they, they sold it for $600,000. They gave every every penny to the Walden High School Scholarship Inc., which is our organization. And the only th- agreement was to give, you know, for the next uh, so many years, you give out $50,000 in scholarships. But we were doing that anyways. So between the beard, good stocks, uh, you know, Broadway Manor, uh, you know, the, 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 it, it, it's a fund that's very healthy, and we'll be able to, for a long time to come, we'll be able to give those scholarships out. Well, uh, do you just use the income you don't dip into the principal? Yeah, you, you, so now, we, we, you know, the bottom line is we have, we haven't, you know, Eastern, we use Eastern Bank as uh, our investment. And um, there's enough money that every year, I mean, we, we're only really giving out the money you made. And the bottom line just, just stays the same. If not, that increases too. Yeah, although this was, a, I can't imagine this year was a good year for that. No, it's like anyone. I mean, yeah. you take a little bit of beating, but we can, we can weather it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that healthy that yeah. we have, so. Yeah. Based on your experience uh, in all the various elements in your experience, in the, in the and, but the other there's other organizations you're involved. I'm president of Eastern Middlesex Alcoholism Services Inc., which I'm yeah. very proud of. I've been doing that for about ten years. We have uh, forty houses in Malden, uh, seventy beds. You know that's interesting because um, just as a, as a footnote, Greg's brother was on the board before him, and I was on the board before he was on the board. Yeah. So, but. When I was a board on the board, it was certainly a, a, a not to what it's grown to today. I've, in fact, I've had Tim, who's the director, Tim's phenomenal McCarthy, on as, as on the show, uh, and it's it's a great organization. It's done some great things for um, the, the local level, and uh, more particularly, it's it's functioned in such a way that the the net effect is that you said all those homes you have where residents 
in most cases, I don't think the neighbors even know who's there. No, and that's always a good thing. That's yeah, that, absolutely. That's, that's the, uh, the the whole the whole philosophy is you know, in those homes that we have besides the one on Cedar Street, they're all people with a year sobriety, and you know it's called East and Middlesex Alcohol and Services Inc. But of course now it's 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 more more. Um, the drug side of it, or double, and, and, double, or, uh, or double, double dic- addiction. But yeah. um, it, it does wonders. It's 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 phenomenal. It just changes people's lives, and you know, it's another organization that I mean, we do we work with these guys all the time. Tim Tim McCarthy, you've had him on the show. Him and his staff. I mean, they got a staff up there, and it's just uh, it's just you know, everyone's licensed. Everyone does the right thing, and and Tim has just been an incredible director. Slash, exa- he wears a couple of hats up there, but he's a clinical guy too, so he really understands. He's just not a CEO of a organization; he's a clinical uh, technician too, or whatever. They- I had a, a funny story. I thought <laughs> at the time, this was years ago, and uh, I had sought through my uh, purse my my clothes, and I had, had a bunch of clothes, and I thought, gee, that'd be a good place to maybe donate the clothes at the East of Middlesex. So I went down. There and um, that was prior to Tim, so I tell you maybe how long ago it was. And I talked to one of the counselors, and he says, "Well, we were glad to take your clothes." He says, "But you'll find that what we find is that uh, a lot of the residents have, have social connections outside the the residency, which is basically girlfriends or whatever, and uh, they're taking care of clothes, right? So you leave me." At, and he indicated that probably the staff might sort through the reunion. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to. <laughs> But, but it's a good it's a good organization. Then I'm also involved the, the library trustee, right. which we have a meeting tomorrow night. Um, you know, so we have another one amazing. You have Dora St. Martin as the library director. Another person I can't have say good enough things about. She's just a phenomenal director of the library. She just she knows it's just not just books books about books with her. It's about the building and everything else. And she's. Uh, she should get her construction li- a license too because she knows HVAC systems, heating systems. I mean, she really is an amazing, amazing individual. Well, based on that, your, uh, your experience as a trustee, uh, coronavirus made a, made it very difficult in a lot of ways for the library to get utilize all the services they make available because there was a period of time that really they, the staff wasn't there, right? Oh, it's closed for a long. Yeah, it's closed yeah. for a while. But yeah. you know, they do the online stuff. You know, I mean, there's there's different ways you could still get. Get yeah. get books and yeah. uh, a lot of the stuff is videos now, cassettes. I mean, that's probably more than anything than than uh, you know audio books. That seems to be the thing now, not just uh, people coming in to taking a hard copy of, of a book out of the library. That's that's probably secondary at this point. Yeah. But it's you know it's a way it's a place for people to go for quiet. We have three quiet rooms down there now. You know this, this the building's a, a good building. It, it it gets tremendously used. I mean, there's always people in there. Uh, are they um, are they giving up on the wine? Uh, well, that's the friends. So oh, so okay. the friends. So the friends runs that. I think the last time they did a beer thing, and they they still do the book book sales, which they raise some money. That's in September yeah. or the fall. Yeah. Yeah, but that's separate from the trustees. They right. don't. We go to those events, but we yeah. don't. We don't have anything with yeah. them. One quick question: uh, uh, In your uh, now that you're no longer involved with directly with this. You see something happening in the clerk's office that might be a radical change from the way they did, b- they do business now. Something innovative that's different, but uh, in the technology field or other. Th- uh, no, we, we I mean Carolyn Desiderio is taking my place. Carolyn's going to be a great, uh, you know, she's going to do very well. I mean, she's been in that office. She knows all the ins and outs. Like I say, the staff, the staff is phenomenal. Um, you know, so I, I don't. I, I think little by little. We, we the last few years we've done a lot of things, uh, you know, like ordering things online, uh, paying on by credit card. So there's a lot of things that that have been done, but there's never there's always things to do. So I know one thing that's a concern is you know maybe getting an, some type of archives in the city. I, I think we have records in too many different places. You know that's that's definitely going to be a thing probably in the future. They're going to have to figure that out. Um, you know you can't have records at the city hall, 110 Pleasant Street, and Oak Grove Community Center. That's just a recipe for disaster. Well, on that note, we'll leave that to the next generation of work. And the next city clerk. <laughs> kick, the, kick it down the road. Yeah, I, I didn't even get to the part of the ashes about the, the latest story with the Red Sox. They get a new, uh, a new uh, what's the picture there? They, get, they get some holes to fill. Yeah, now the story here. <laughs>